This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. It is our prayer that you will be blessed by the preaching of God's Word. Turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy. We read in chapter number 5. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid by reason of fire and went not up into the mount, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now skip to verse number 22. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness. With a great voice he added no more, and he wrote them in two tables of stone, and delivered them unto me. And it came to pass, when he heard the voice out of the midst, ye heard the vo- voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that you came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and said, Behold, the Lord our God has showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man, and he liveth. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us, if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and live? Go thou near, and hear all that the Lord our God shall say, and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee, and we will hear it and do it. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when ye spake unto me, and the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. Oh, that there was such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go say to them, get you into your tents again. But as for thee, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments, which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. You shall observe to do therefore, as the Lord your God hath commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. Thank you, Brother Ty. As we continue in Deuteronomy 5, before he came up here, he was looking at it, he said, this is just a great chapter. And it really is. You could say that about every chapter because it's written by God, so to say it's anything less than great uh, wouldn't be right. Uh, but as they sung earlier, uh, Professor Tracy and other ladies who were singing there. Uh, they sung, Oh, How He Loves Us. And uh, you could play that in the background as you read any portion of the Bible. And Deuteronomy uh, is no exception. Uh, Moses has been pleading with us in different ways, in very different ways to be obedient to God. Hearty obedience because we ought to love God and we should fear Him. How do we fear God? In such a way that it doesn't contradict the fact that we love God. There's no a conflict there in the fact that we should love and have a reverential awe, a reverential fear for our God. And Moses keeps showing that time and time again, and we see that here in, in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. 
pastor said it over and over and so well that the Old Testament isn't a relationship based upon rules and then we have a relationship based upon grace. That's not the case at all. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse number 1 says, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge, his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. All the way through Deuteronomy saying, love me, love me, love me. And he's showing himself and why he should be. And we're getting to the second sermon that Moses is going to preach. It's start um, at the end of chapter 4, where pastor's going to pick up uh, next time he preaches in Deuteronomy. It starts the second sermon, which goes all the way through chapter number 28. Um, it's a long one. Mine will be much shorter than I, no concerns there. Uh, but it goes from the end of 4 to 26. So first of all, how, how many of you have a, the generation before you, parents um, or grandparents love Jesus and uh, they try to teach you to love the Bible? How many of you, that's your story in here? You know, it's about half the group um, in here, uh, there. Um, I want you to think about that as we look at the first point in verse number 3 here. We're going to see that we have personally heard from God. They're going to be reminded that they personally heard from God. Chapter number 4 and verse number 37 says um, in Deuteronomy, just one page over, if you'll look at it, maybe circle this verse and go to 5.3. It says, And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them, and he brought thee out of his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt. He said, I loved your fathers. But verse number 3 would be very exciting to him as they hear Moses speak because verse number 3 says, um, The Lord made not his covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. They personally heard from God, not just their fathers, but also them. He loved their fathers, but Moses reiterates seven different expressions in verse number 3. If you mark in your Bible, you can mark, Not this covenant with our fathers, saying not just the generation past. The next one is, But with us. Not just them, but also with us, even us, and then go on to us, which is to say the people that I'm talking to that are here, that are alive in this day. In that small little verse, seven different ways, he's saying, not just your fathers that I love, but I loved and I'm still loving. I not only spoke to them, but I spoke to you. And that would be something they'd be excited about, uh, that it wasn't just something from a generation ago that they're hearing about but God still has a plan from them. That God, they heard the voice of the Lord, and it promised life, not death. Brother Ty read to us in verse number 25, and they said, We hear the voice of the Lord our God, um, and who's heard the voice of the Lord? Are we going to die? Who is there of all flesh that's heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire? We have heard it. Are we going to live? And we know where they get that from. We know that they didn't believe they could see, the, you know, they would see God there. They thought they were going to die. And then when God speaks to them and gives the tablets, they, they say, why don't we appoint Moses as a mediator and we're going to go back into our tents. We, we're afraid of this. It came to us in power and we're afraid of that power there. And they said, is there going to be death? And Moses said, no, quite the opposite, actually. There's not going to be death brought from hearing the word, but he is promising life. And he's promising prosperity. He's promising long days here. So God not only loved them, but he's still loving them. He, he initiated this relationship and he maintained it. The children of Israel are getting answers that the whole world is asking. Not just today, uh, but it's always been this way. I found this poem uh, that was written um, in the 7th century. It said uh, it was written um, in Nineveh. And I'll, I'll read part of it to you. Um, it's called A Prayer to Any God. 
May my Lord's angry, angry heart be reconciled. May the God I do not know be reconciled. May the goddess I do not know be reconciled. May the God, whoever he is, be reconciled. May the goddess, whoever she is, be reconciled. May my personal gods be reconciled. May my goddess's hearts be reconciled. May my God and my goddesses be reconciled with me. May the God who has turned away from me in anger be reconciled. May my goddess who has been turned away from me be reconciled. I could not eat for myself the bread I found. I could not drink for myself the water I found. I have perpetrated unwittingly an abomination to my God. I have unwittingly violated a taboo of my goddess. O my Lord, many are my wrongs, great my sins. O my God, many are my wrongs, great my sins. No matter how many names they go by, what do they know? They do not know at all if they were doing good or evil. O my God, through my wrongs be seven times seven, absolve my wrongs. O my God, if through my wrongs be seven times seven, absolve my wrongs. Absolve my wrongs, let my sound your praises. As if you were my real mother, let your heart be reconciled. As if you were my real mother, my real father. We don't typically read pagan poetry um, in church, and you probably don't read it for fun. Uh, but it's just unbelievable. And it's not said in the time, but it's the expression. It, what's going on in the heart of all unbelievers. He was saying, if it's God, would you resolve me my sin? If it's a goddess, would you resolve me my sins? My personal gods, would you resolve my sins? I've made you angry. Please forgive me. And it's just the prayer of asking for reconciliation to an unknown God, and they're crying out for it. They cry out for it today around the world. They cried out for the time of Moses during the time of this. And so the children of Israel are getting answers that the whole world is asking. The person that wrote this uh, poem here, uh, they got three things right. Or they, they, they were sure of three things. That God is angry with them. Their sin has caused anger. And we must do something to avoid God's wrath. The person that wrote that poem was certain of those three things. But their ignorance is also threefold. He does not know which God is angry. He does not know what the crime is that provoked the divine fury. And he does not know what it takes to, to get past the wrath of God. And so you've got a group of people that God has promised to bless, called the children of Israel. And against all odds, he keeps them alive and he speaks to them. He says, all the world wants to know the answers. All the world wants to know who the true God is. All the world wants to know how they can get over their sin and their guilt and find forgiveness. And I'm going to speak to you. And I'm going to give you your words. I not only loved your fathers, but I'm still loving you. And I'm still speaking to you here. And that God still talks to us. They have said, we have seen this day that God does talk with man and he liveth. They said, God spoke to us and we're still living. This is amazing. And they said, who gets to hear from God and speak? And all of us can answer in here, I do. Every one of you have got to hear from God, just like the children of Israel heard from God in the fact that we have the word of God preserved for us. Today, we're hearing from God, and we live. And it doesn't bring death, but it brings life to us. And it tells us that in, um, it says, uh, hearing and obeying God's word is going to bring life. In verse 33, you shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. You hear from me, you can know me, I love you, and my word is going to make a difference in your life. So I just ask you, do you take for granted the fact that we have the word of God? How you picture the words that are given to you in the Bible is going to impact if you live it out in obedience. That's what we're going to end on in Hebrews and our conclusion. But the way you view it is going to decide if you are obedient uh, to God. 
Um, Chris Gardner taught, you know, Chris has been through a lot of things, and he taught on suffering at the, at the orientation. And he said the problem with Job was that he had the wrong view of suffering, is that he had the wrong view of God there. Uh, that and through suffering, it was the, the thing that had to be fixed first and foremost is that he had to make sure that he had the right understanding of who God was. And how did God help him do with that? God spoke to him. God go, came into that heart of Job and spoke to him. Robert shared how there was a song and one of the lyrics said, uh, Be still my heart. And he said before Kelly got sick, he would sing that song and he thought that verse was kind of silly. He didn't understand why the song said, Be still my heart. But he said he finds himself sitting on the edge of the bed, singing that song and saying, heart, be still, be quiet. And the words of God do that. The word of God is powerful today just as it was back then. He says, I'm speaking to you for your time and then. We are the people that have heard the word, not just our grandparents, but us. Only, when you're only 32, you only have a handful of stories, so I'll tell them over and over. But my grandfather, he had dementia in the last years of his life, but he sat down at the kitchen table and flipped through 10 chapters of the Bible. He wasn't reading them, but he knew every morning I get up and I go to the table and I do this motion with this Bible, and it was, it was in his mind that it was there. But the same God that spoke to my grandfather is speaking today. It didn't stop. It continues here. Those great stories that the missionaries hear about, we can pray for Hannah Shreve, who grew up in this community, that her parents are in this church, that he's still working um, here and in our lives as well. He doesn't belong to any generation or to any group inside of the church. He belongs to all of us, so we can hear from him. So in hearing, we're expected to obey. So first of all, I'm still speaking to you, not just the generation before, but I'm still speaking, and I expect that you will obey. I've given, and then we see here they've been given a mediator. They were frightened. In Exodus chapter number 20, which is the parallel passage, you saw that Brother Ty, we skipped over the giving of the Ten Commandments. Pastor, will deal with that at another time. There's just so much there. And um, here in Exodus 20, when it came in verses 18 through 21, it says, All the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you that this that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. It's that story of Exodus that's being retold here in Deuteronomy. And these people, they requested a mediator. They said, you go unto him, and we will go into the tents. And then they said to him in verse number 27 of Deuteronomy 5, it says, Go thou near, and hear all that the Lord our God shall say, and speak thou unto us, all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee, and we will hear it, and we will do it. He said, Moses, you're our mediator. You go find out what God wants, and whatever he says to you, we are going to do it. And that was their promise, because they understood that the word came with an expected response, uh, which was obedience. God's word is given here to guide us. The law was neither a way of salvation nor a burdensome obligation, but it was a gracious gift a guide for God's people so they might knowingly respond to his grace according to his will. These laws here are a gift from God, God communicating. You picture here that poem, all the other people, all the other pagans in the land, they want to know God, they want reconciliation, they want to know why God's angry with them, but God speaks unto them and he says, I'm going to be gracious to you, I'm going to provide obligation. I've led you out of Egypt. It's been a handful of years ago, but one of the saddest 
funeral service I was at, there was about a thousand teenagers there. A teenager had been shot by her boyfriend. She was a senior in high school. And, and um, at the funeral, the preacher chose to spend this whole time on convincing us why we should set up the Ten Commandments in our courthouses, in our schools, and that more kids are going to die unless we have the Ten Commandments being seen. But what he forgot is that there was a thousand young people that still hadn't been led out of Egypt. They didn't know the grace of God. They didn't understand why this was merciful and gracious. Why it wasn't a list of ten rules to follow, but it was a God of heaven saying, I want to know you, and I want to tell you how to live life. I love you so much that I want you to avoid sin. I want to tell you how to live out your life here. And there was no grace, and it was horrific. The way that we received the word brought awe. When the Israelites feared God, they were inclined to keep his commandments. Out of the midst of the fire, God spoke to them. And so they were, teach, they were being taught here to obey. Chapter number 6, verse number 1. If you look there, it says, Now these are the commandments of the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach that you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. So Moses said, I'm telling you what to do when you get into land. These are the things that you're supposed to do. And as you do it, you will possess it. And we must not just hear it, but we must o- obey it. Chapter 5, verse 1. Why don't you understand, underline this? It says, I speak in your ears this day that you may learn them and keep them and do them. You've got to hear it. You have to learn it. You have to keep it. You have to do it. That just me talking to you, just you taking these Ten Commandments and putting it in an ark and taking it around with you is not going to do the job. You're going to have to be obedient to his word. And so we must not just hear it, but we must obey it. What's our New Testament uh, parallel to that? Well, that we're told, what, in James here, that we're not supposed to be doers of the word only, but we're all supposed to also to be, uh, not only be hearers, but we're supposed to be doers of the word. And we're given the example of a person that goes and looks in the mirror and says, yeah, there's some things that should be fixed there, but it's going to be okay. And uh, they walk away from it, and that's what happens when we hear uh, the word of God. So first of all, we get to hear from God. Not just this generation, but the one we're in right now. We're reminded. God's reminding the people there, not just the generation before I love, but I love you and I'm speaking to you and I want you to be obedient. And then he's going to show that there's benefits obeying the word. To them, it was obey what I'm saying to you right now. When you go into the land, you'll possess it. There's great benefits. And today we're saying read this word, keep this word, obey this word, and there's great benefits to you uh, for doing it. There's prosperity. We're not against prosperity by obedience. We just define prosperity differently. The Bible tells us what it's going to do. This obedience, we'll look at it. Obedience is going to bring you out of the desert. Verse six, uh, verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that you may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of the fathers have promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. There's a contrast here. That place isn't oozing with anything. It's dry. It's a desert. And it says you're about to go into a place that it just naturally produces. Not talking about having an Egypt, having to work hard in the ground and, and produce this with your hands. But just this land by itself with nobody messing with it produces it. You don't have Case and Blue making a, whatever he does with bees going on there. It just naturally is producing um, honey and flowing with milk here. And it gives you this example um, here uh, there that if you obey it, there's going to be a great benefit on a, a few occasions, I rode with a police officer, and he had um, 
on purpose. There were some other times that, I, that wasn't my idea, but this was my idea. And um, he had on his laptop, it said, wine is a mocker and so is strong drink. And time after time, he was working with the drug enforcement that somebody would get in the back and they would be drunk and they would look at that laptop and say, man, I know that's right. And they would say that over and over again. And he would tell me, when I'm not in the car, you can say anything you want. And so uh, I would talk to him. But what he was learning is that there, there's a Bible verse on that screen and if I would have been obedient to that Bible verse tonight, there would have been a benefit in my life. And it's just real simple to see. That's one verse, but every Bible verse has a benefit to it in our lives um, here. And so if they stay the course, they'll reach the threefold goal of life, well-being, and length of days in the land they'll possess. Verse 32. You shall observe the do, therefore, as the Lord your God has commanded you, and you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. To stay the course. Do what I told you to do. Don't go to the right or to the left. And we listen to God and obey. His blessings will overtake us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14 talks about that. I'm going to read the first two to you. But listen how it's said here. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass... If thou shalt hearken diligently upon the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments which command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on a high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. It says it's going gonna, it's gonna to overtake you. It isn't like I've got to be obedient and I've got to figure out how this obedience is going to work. He says, no, you be obedient and it's going to overtake you in your life. It's going to come in every direction. It's going to bring benefits to you that you don't even yet recognize. And he's telling them that. Be obedient to me. I'm going to set you in a high place. I'm going to take care of you. I'm bringing you out of Egypt. And the blessings overtake us. Here are the few benefits of the word of God. Psalms 119 verse 9 says that as a young man, it cleanses our ways. John chapter number 8 says that as a disciple, the way that I get to abide with God is I abide with him in his word, and that's a benefit. It also tells us in John chapter number eight that the truth sets us free. When we are in bound, we are bound, we're hostage to some sin, we're overtaken in a fault, that the Bible's truth is going to set us free. The Bible tells, it tells us in John 18 that we will hear the voice of our shepherd because we are his sheep. So what's the benefit of the word? As sheep, we get to hear from our shepherd when we hear it. We're part of God's family, and because of that, we're taking we need his word in John 8. It protects our minds and it maintains our integrity. Psalms 119.23. Psalms 119.49. It gives us hope in time of suffering. Psalms 119.49. Remember your word to your servant for you have given me hope. That's seven of 7,000 benefits that we receive in the word of God. They knew they heard from God personally. They knew they were going to obey. They even knew the blessing that followed obedience. But it is not in their hearts. I left this five minutes here. Seems real simple, right? Yes, God speaks to us, not just the generation before. He speaks to us personally. We have to hear it and we have to obey it. And not only if we obey it, there's benefits. The children of Israel say, hurrah, we got it. The people of Vision Baptist Church say, hurrah, we got it. But what's the real truth of the matter? In verse number 29, this is a powerful verse. Circle this. Maybe memorize this. Verse 29, it says, oh, that they were such and this is God speaking. Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that they might be well with them and with the children forever. With all this being said, they're still not going to obey God's word. They said, Moses, you go find out what God's word is. We're going to obey it. And right there in, in verse number 29, God says, 
Oh, that my children had a heart for me. Oh, I wish they would obey his be obedient to me. Just like a parent that sees their kid going down the wrong path and says, I just wish they would listen to me. They would save themselves so much heartache. And God says it's not going to happen. At the end of the chapter, God is speaking to Moses in chapter number 31. In verse number 16, he says, They will forsake me. They will break my commandments, which I have made of them. In verse number 20, it says, They will turn unto other gods, and they will serve them, and they will provoke me and break my covenants. So this is what God tells Moses at the end of his ministry. Real encouraging, right? So how well have I done? Yeah, they're not going to listen. And then, so Moses, listen to what he says. He goes to the, the Levites, he gathers them up in verse number 27. He says, For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I'm yet alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord and have much more after my death. So Moses is a little ticked off here, and he says, God just told me that when I'm out of here, you're not going to listen to anything that I said. And he gathers them all up, and he says, you rebellious and stiff-necked people, when I was standing in front of you, and when I was alive, you didn't listen, and when I die, you're not going to listen. Isn't that rough there? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if pastor ended every message with that? And that was the teaching of God's word today, but you're not going to listen to it. All right, let's leave. You know, that would be uh, pretty rough. Uh, but is it not true more often than not, not just in a preaching service, but in a morning Bible study? We shut the Bible, and it's so easy for us to walk away from it. Turn with me in closing here to Hebrews chapter number 12, and we're going to look at it. We're in the new covenant here, and Jesus is our mediator. They had Moses as their mediator. We have Jesus as our mediator. And I know just as well as any of you that it's easy to tune out when somebody's reading the Bible. But get to Hebrews chapter number 12 and follow along. Because what needed to be said to them back in Deuteronomy 5, when they said, we know the blessings, we know we're supposed to obey the Bible, we're going to do it. And God says, no, you're not. This is what needs to be said to all of us right now. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. And Hebrews 12 says he speaks better than all of the Old Testament prophets. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I have shaken not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So how do we get out of this system? How do we get out of this? Yes, we know we have the Bible. Yes, we know we're supposed to obey it. Yes, we know there's great blessings, but we're still not going to do it. We're told that we know of God because of Jesus, our mediator, but it says that we serve God acceptably with reverence and with godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So what happened there? How well did they take the word of God and obey it? Only to the extent that they had a love and a reverence for God. When he spoke out of that fire, they thought he is somebody to be revered and to be honored. But when they forgot that he was to be revered and to be loved, they would get away from obeying his word. And so it's the same here. How much is this going to have part of your life? It's not going to be decided on where it's at on your calendar. It's not going to be decided if, yes, I know it's good for me. You've got to know the God that put these words in the Bible. 
that you've got to know whose Bible this is. When we say this is God's word, you've got to know who that God is, who's its word. And he's a loving God. And he's a God that speaks to us and that should be feared and uh, revered. We have a mediator today in Jesus that is greater than Moses or Abel or any of us. And through him, we have commu- he has communicated to us. We have a reverential fear of his word. He is a consuming fire before whom acceptable service will always rise out of deep reverence and awe. Recognize that he loves you and he's providing warning and blessing from his word. Obey. There is life oozing with milk and honey for you. So this is God's word. Not man's word about God, but this is God's word. And that's what we need to remember. And that's what they need to see back in Deuteronomy chapter number 5. When they hear God's word and they're not going to obey it when they go and possess the land, it's not they forgot where the word was at. Not they forgot that the word had benefit to them. They just forgot that it was God's word. So let's take a moment here and let's pray. Come to the altar if you want to. But why don't you sit there in your seat and say, God, I know this is your word. And my commitment tonight is not just anew and afresh with you and a book, but it's with a holy God that deserves my time, deserves my affection. And what you say in your word, I want to be obedient to it. What I find tomorrow in my Bible reading, what I hear on Sunday, what I find in foundations, whatever, anytime I come into contact with the truth of your word, I want to obey it because I know it comes from a loving God who would want to do, do everything he through that he wants to do everything for our love and for our best. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, but thank you most of all for who you are. Well, this word is so important to us because we know that you love us and that just like we want the best for our children, you want what is best for us. You want us to find the joy that are here on earth of serving you. You want us to have strong marriages and you want us to live lives of integrity. And you do that, Lord, not just so that you receive glory, but you also do it because in your love for us, you know that it is the way that we are called to live our lives. It's the way that you have created us. It's what is best for us. I ask that you'll be with my brothers and sisters, Lord, as we pray and as we here make a a commitment to you that we will treat these words uh, as they are yours and we will be obedient to them and enjoy the benefits that come from it. This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. For more information, log on to www.visionbaptist.com where you can find our service times, location, contact information, and more audio and video recordings.